Welcome to the 40K Lorecast. Welcome to the 40K Lorecast. Me, John Barsati, and Brad Chester. This guy. All right. So, episode three of Abaddon. So the goal here, guys, is to bring you all up to quote-unquote modern 40K. The problem with Abaddon is it's going to be an arbitrary stop point because every book that comes out in 40K... Has him. Don's in everything. He's in everything. So we... Don is everywhere. Brad and I were having a discussion. We decided we're going to take you right up to kind of the start of 8th edition. We're going to take you to boom, boom. Yeah, right (laughs) about that moment, and we're going to get there. So... After that, we're going to kind of maybe come back later to it, but that's our goal today. You know what? I, as usual, I need to talk shit about the notes. Also, I'm inching up my microphone constantly because it upsets John and it makes me happy. Yeah, Brad likes to talk. When we say talking to a microphone, Brad likes talking to a microphone the way that, that you eat an ice cream. <laughs> but this is how we much we were indecisive about how far we we're going to go because our current notes say so we're going to go up to about and there's a blank line underneath yeah because i actually didn't know where we were going to go we, we, had, we had decided to set lunch yeah so <laughs> anyway <laughs> quick recap though as to where we are at this stage first episode we took the origins of abaddon all the way up to the, the end of the horus heresy second episode as you guys heard was we kind of took the rise of abaddon what he does in the warp to become the war master and lead the black legion and this one, we're going to kind of k- take you from that era all the way up through what are basically his crusades um, to the modern era. So. And I want to start with the fact the overriding story arc of mm-hmm. the Don is that he is powered by chaos, but he isn't subservient to chaos. Yes. And that is the thing is he is still human as much as a super soldier could be human. Yeah, it's actually, he's the only reason he's as successful as he is. Yeah, well, he, he refuses to be a thrall to chaos. And then again, you have to go back to Horus. Mm-hmm. He, that Horus was the Don, Abaddon's everything. And he felt that he failed because of weakness and becoming a thrall of chaos. And he's like, I'm never going to do this. And again, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again, though. What makes him such an intriguing character is he has... He's failed. He has self-doubt and everything else. And he refuses to just take this absolute power because he doesn't want to be absolutely controlled. Yeah, and, and, and there's a lot of great stories about this where Abaddon seems to effectively figure out that the Chaos Gods hate each other more than they hate anything. So he just basically puts them into bidding wars against each other for everything he wants. Oh, 100%. Hey, I, I, I want to be stronger. Which of you, and just, and just goes to every single god and says, well, what do you want for that? And then he goes, well, yeah, Zinch, that's a big thing. You know, Korn said all I had to do was, was was slaughter an entire system. What do you give it to me for? And and Brad said really well in the last cast, Abaddon's the most successful chaos warrior in history. Oh, like, so, like laughably, because they also give him access to their legions each time mm-hmm. too. Because they go, and this is how he controls people that are, physically be a psychic physical power whatever more powerful than him he gets them under his thumb because their patrons which they are enthralled to yep. he is not enthralled to he makes a bargain and says i need this what do you 
what are you going to give me kind of thing and he, and he gets entire armies all this stuff and it's really this is we're gonna we're starting the cast on this because it is literally the most important piece of a batman is that he is chaos undivided yes it's anything other than that is, is adorable. And, he, and he's chaos undivided he's not ascended he's not a demon mm-hmm. demon prince he has not accepted everything with that he is still just doing he's doing it his way we should yeah. we play sinatra right now on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly he's he's doing the work of the chaos gods, but the key element of what I just said there is the S. It's them plural. And that keeps him from ever falling into the trap that Angron, even uh, Mortarian's madness. I mean, Mortarian's terrible with it. Yeah. He, Mortarian hates what he... Mor, no one hates Mortarian as much as Mortarian hates But Mortarian. the fact that but they are stuck. They gave, yeah. they gave the ultimate sacrifice, and now they and their legion... They're pawns. Are, yeah, that's <clears> it. <throat> I have no control over anything. It, 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 you're the most powerful pawn around, but you are still a pawn. Exactly. And he refuses. And the thing is, is that that is the biggest... We talked about it in the first episodes. Everybody that was a, a father figure to him, yep. all of them betrayed him to him. Fully betrayed him, and all of them because of their weakness is why they fell. And I think another piece that's important here is this level of independence that Abaddon has. No one has like in the 40k universe. It's really Xenos factions are the only ones that get this. No one in the Imperium has this level of, no. of kind of like autonomy, effectively. Oh, well, Abaddon does what Abaddon does, yeah. and that's <clears throat> actually like for those people who are like big chaos players, this is cool as shit when you're playing about Abaddon. Abaddon, whatever. Abaddon, yeah. Abaddon, you're able to, he's in charge. You are, you are, you know, the general for someone who is in absolute charge of what they're doing. And the thing is, is that he is a wildly great planner, but also while he's not trying to get people killed, he also holds none of these gifts as something he has to have, whether it be his his personal power, whether it be the legions that he's given, whether it be demonic mm-hmm. legions, uh, yeah, space marine legions, it doesn't matter. He holds them all as eph- ephemeral. Just they're here for the thing that I have to do tomorrow. Yeah. If they're gone, cool, they're gone. That's actually a great <laughs> segue because what we're going to get into is the Long War, the Crusades, and these are actually so the the Crusades to me are really cool because. We call them crusades, and we and I I laugh because GW has just shit writing sometimes. Um, <laughs> a crusade is something that usually you wage over, basically you wage it for extremely long periods of time, and blah 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 blah. No. Madden's crusades were actually missions. Well, like yeah, you know, because I'll say some of his crusades were I needed to go pick up this thing of yeah. eggs from the Months. store yeah i mean yeah. It's a, it's he, like, he wanted to achieve this and sometimes the achieving is legitimate he getting an object and other times it was i'm gonna blow this thing up so that it's not there later my next one so i will say when we call these crusades that was some very liberal writing on the part of gw in, in, in usage of that word because they're not. As we're going to cover a few of them right now, because not all of them, because there's 13 and some of them are pretty lame, to be perfectly honest. Uh, He's like, I got eggs. Yeah, exactly. Like, I got the eggs, and I went back home and made an omelet. What a wonderful crusade of Aden. It was I, successful. I, yeah, exactly. I successfully, I also picked up some chives for additional flavor. Free range. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's like, we'll skip some of them. 
Keep in mind, though, that when we call them a crusade, what they really are were missions, because Abaddon has a plan, and his plan is to conquer the galaxy. At the core of conquering the galaxy, what he realizes fairly early is he has to take out the Emperor. If he takes out the Emperor, the Astronomicon crashes. But, no, but he knows that Horus made the huge mistake. It's not only about Exactly. That's yeah. my... It, 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 it's all a Everything to him is a layered plan. But the biggest mistake, one of the biggest mistakes Horus also made was attacking Sol directly. Because it's never... Even once you kill the Emperor, you've got... Well, depending on what part of the crusade, we're talking about Gilliman is alive or dead. Spoiler alert, whatever. Uh, but you know, it's like, <laughs> but you've got, like, 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 if he were to just launch out of the Eye of Terror, take all of his forces, go to Saul, kill the Emperor, let's say he pulls that off, everyone's dead right afterwards because the, the remaining forces slaughter him. So instead, he makes a, a systematic plan to begin pulling down the defenses of the Imperium, rip the Imperium down from its core. I mean, maybe even rip the galaxy in half. It would help if you could actually just cut the galaxy in half. And I wonder if we're... I wonder if that's going to be anything. Yeah, ...to get there. But let's jump into the first Black Crusade, because actually, I, I like the story a lot. So uh, we've, we're about a thousand years post-Horus. You know, maybe it's like 500, 500 years. This is a big deal, though, because at this point in time, because they still use the emperor's way of dealing with chaos, which is don't, don't admit it exists. Kill everyone that saw it. Mm -hmm. This amount of time chaos is almost the boogeyman for most of the galaxy. There's yep. still are parts where they're active, but there's a lot of the galaxy that just is. Well, because even if they were, when they were active, it was a raiding party. It was, it, right. was, it was, it was like Drew Kari. They'd come out of nowhere or you get like a cultist uh, uprising. It was minimal. And, this, and the Imperium could just, between Inquisition, Grey Knights, it, the Sisters, etc., they just stamp it out and it would go away. Yeah, it and was they would, not they would a And the thing is, is that he comes back and they're like, and he comes back in force. Oh, he explodes out of the Eye of Terror. Yeah, like, like this is a large, ooh. this is a, it's actually the first Chaos active legion to come out since that time. Effectively, the Eye of Terror has always been there. And they know it's there. They know chaos is in there. But it's a little raiding party, so who gives a shit? A armada comes out of this thing and just starts burning the galaxy around. And, it. and the thing is, is I, I want to go into because everybody, there has been some retcons, but this yeah. I do not think is a retcon because what I thought he did in the first crusade is he just wanted to see how the Imperium reacted. Yeah. He just, I mean, he literally went out because he attacked everywhere. Yeah. It, it, and it makes no if you're trying to win his plan made no sense oh, what he yeah. was trying to do is go what happens when i go to this segmentum this segmentum this segmentum and he went okay cool and then they left yeah they literally just well he, he he went and grabbed this we'll get to the second well one. i'm saying the, the well, sorry but yeah for in, but in their eyes he but just yeah, left you're right so it's different than the imperium he comes out he attacks like crazy burns it I mean, you can t when you read through the first crusade, you can kind of see. I think there's a few things going on all at once. One was exactly what you said. He's trying to kind of test, like, what are the defenses? What you know? I haven't seen these guys in 500 years of their time, warp time. Who knows how long that is? Right? It was either it's either 5,000 years or two minutes. Yeah, six weeks, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like. But he wants to test them. He also needs to keep his allies because the thing that uh, uh, Abaddon's been doing really well is he's been getting these what I would call fully fallen legions. Slanesh being the big one, Emperor's Children being the big one. 
to kind of back him because they're massive legions. So of course they're, they're wildly up. big at the time. Yeah. If you recall, we talked about that last. Yeah. Slanesh was fairly untouched at this time, yeah. and they didn't start to separate until much later. Exactly, and so he's coming out. So they're just they're doing slave raids. The corn guys are killing people. The Nurgles just doing Nurgle stuff and invasions. Nurgle's actually at its lowest power level right now. Oh, you're right. Yeah, right. At this point, they because he hasn't pushed the plagues out into yeah. the, into the galaxy. I as forgot well. about and, that from a timing standpoint. But yeah, they literally are just they come out of this out of iPad and just wreck the galaxy. Just wreck it. One thing that caught the Imperium so brutally off guard with this crusade is that in all of their prior experiences, what you would do is chaos would attack. You'd basically, so is the Imperium shitty, you'd let the world the world burn. You wouldn't you wouldn't even throw defenses really at it. You just surround it. And then once chaos kind of finished attacking and there was no defense, they always just turned on themselves. Because all of a sudden they they can't and you can think of it this way. Like you, you go to a planet and it's Emperor's children, it's maybe Thousand Sons. Yeah, Night Lords, you got it. Whatever it's going to be. And they, they're all fight, there. They'll yeah, fight each other. Yeah, they're, well, they're all there for slaves. They're all there to take we'll, people we'll, back. They'll, they'll also, because their gods hate each other, yep. they'll all fight each other. And also, once the fighting subsides, you also lose the demonic incursions. Because yep. once you lose the power from that, the demons start to not be able to continue to be in the in the Imperium, the, uh, the real material. world. Yep. The Imperium. So, like, you basically lose for a, especially a demonic incursion. You mm -hmm. have to, it has to be a snowball or it goes away. So, effectively, if you just cord them off, cordon off the, the area. They burn themselves out. It'll just be gone by itself. And, and so that's how the Imperium always acted. That was kind of their trick that they were doing in these worlds. That didn't happen here. Well, because also Avidad used his, <laughs> his job fair. Yeah. To fill a lot of roles because, uh, oh, yeah, if you don't recall, Avidon went on a head lopping off tour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. He just killed, by decapitation, almost all of the people leading because he thought that they were shitty leaders. Yeah. And he got new leaders and he basically let them see him lopping off the dome of the last guy. And he goes, well, Phil, you're now in charge because Ted, I thought, didn't do a good job. Not going to say I'm going to do anything to you. I'm just saying Ted didn't do a good job. Didn't do a good job. So next time, maybe listen to Abaddon's plan. Yeah. And so that's this caught the Imperium really off guard. This was kind. Of, this was the first time since Horus that they actually had to fight an organized force that kept fighting. It was an organized force that kept fighting with a real plan, not just berserker yeah. crazies yeah we, we grabbed a bunch mm -hmm. of locals like like, like probably say we raided the gap took all the employees and went back to the eye of terror no we burned we we took out the the, the defenses now we, we're actually and then we started reinforcing our position and also stealing all of your resources yeah, this hey is this is now my factories these are exactly. now my spaceports exactly and so this became so the imperium over the course of the first crusade had to all of just launch all of their forces back at Abaddon. I mean, by all the forces, this includes Titan legions, by the way. I mean, they went, once they figured out what was happening, they were going on. Because Oh, and we forgot, we probably should have mentioned, we forgot it, that the Lords of Terror were, of Terra, 
were useless at this stage. This is probably one of their worst stages. I mean, you know what? I'm not going to get into that. We'll, we'll do an entire cast. Brad I hate the Lords, the Lords of, Terror. of Terror. With a passion. Yeah. And if, when we talk about all the problems of the Lords of Terror, this post-Horus Heresy era is maybe the worst version of themselves. Because as we said... Before, they are talking, still infighting right now. Well, because... The, but this was, to my mind, one of the worst ones because this they've had 500 years of no emperor. And they've done nothing. Yeah, and they've just been... They've agreed the on time. literally yeah. nothing for 500 years. Yeah. And they've yeah. actually... They they set the... Mm. They made it worse. Whew, I gotta get my cheat again. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to mojo up. They literally did more to separate and put the Imperium into its own they almost dark age of technology the imperium yeah, exactly. and, and they and so they've had this was abaddon's first crusade should have been pretty quick he should have come out of the eye of terror the imperium should have seen it the space he, Marine he was literally getting launched one, over yes and it was wrecked him it, and instead they just kind of were like oh maybe someone should do something yeah i really think that they got to the he abaddon's first crusade was the first season of the the Abaddon show was so successful. He's like, I didn't write a second season. <laughs> yeah, like wait. So he, me, I, I actually, I think Abaddon in the, in the grid got so far ahead of his plans that he was like, should we just go back? Like this feels, I, I, I personally, he probably thought it was a trap. Like, why is there no defense? Like, like, like no one is coming, doing anything yeah, to yeah, me. Who's coming for me? Because there's nothing. Here. Yeah, like this has to be them trying to get me to overextend. Right. But nope, they just sucked. Now I will say, Abaddon did have a plan. And his plan was really actually kind of genius. It was actually for power. And as we were just this is this is his first personal power grab. Yeah, and as we just discussed with with the way he works with the gods, he knows you can't go to a god and ask for power. It's impossible because you have to become a thrall. So what does he do? He just feeds the gods. And the, and the way this was written, from the way I was reading out of the codex, was basically that. The gods, if you give them enough of what they want, so you create enough death for corn, enough enough kind of de you know, decay for Nurgle, whatever the hell Slanesh wants. And we all know, I just don't want to say it on a PG podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, and, then, and then even for Zinch, just fear and confusion for Zinch. They seem to almost well, get and, and, drunk. And this is literally, actually, this is big because this is knowledge. He was yeah. trying to figure out what their plans were. It's all knowledge. Yeah, it's knowledge. And what happens is they get a little bit drunk from all of this stuff. As you can get them to give you information they would never give you otherwise. You know, it's funny that you say that. I never even really thought about it as much. But the chaos gods are giddy teenagers sometimes yeah. because they get excited because they are, in essence, an idea. They're mm -hmm. not. They're not adults. They they only are in. They operate always yeah. on. This is there's one thing that makes me happy, and you have to get you, you give me that thing. I, I will do that thing right now, yeah. and as much as possible as I can. And so uh, Abaddon realized that the that these chaos gods had secrets, and he wanted their secrets. And so he does. He effectively feeds the chaos gods with a ton of their utmost desire, which is always just bad thing for humanity. And he, and he wanted to get the coolest part of his model, but yeah. we'll continue Oh, on. yeah, yeah. So, he, again, foreshadow, because that's all we do in this <laughs> podcast. But we're not... We're it not still is the coolest part of his model. It is. And we're not shitty about, about, our, for, uh, about our foreshadowing. We cover it in the same episode. I've never, I've never foreshadowed anyone to, and see you next week and see what happens. Kiss my ass. We'll get there today. Um, but 
there was a hidden world within the Eye of Terror called Erlon. Or Erlon? Yeah, Erlon. The biggest thing about this is, this is a little bit of a fantasy sci-fi trope. Yeah. Because there's just a place where you could go, and they have... All the artifacts. The Hand of Vecna's there. Everything's there. Yeah, it's it's the British the British Museum. Yes, it is. is. Some of the best thing I've ever seen is like name something that, that about the British Museum that's that's confusing. It's like because none, none of the stuff in it is British. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is other people's stuff. Yeah. So Erlon is a hidden world in the middle of the Eye of Terror, which is technically the Immaterium, where the Chaos Gods store their favorite toys. And the thing is, is that this is one of those things that is, they've done it different in a couple of the stories, but mm-hmm. this planet is effectively, you can never find it if you want to find it unless someone lets you find yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of those dumb tropes, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's like, I, I shit on GW enough. Well, I'll let this one go because this is kind of a D&D trope and I like D&D. I mean, it is though. It was just one of those things where you're, it's, yeah. it's the unfindable thing unless you succeed in the five quests to, to allow you to find out where it exists exactly and he finds it but the story's cool as shit no the, the story is fantastic yeah. because no this is another thing is, is it makes it complex because to get through this i'm gonna get excited here for a minute go for it. just excited just deal with it so he has to literally go through the trials effectively mm-hmm. which is he has to fight he has to fight through things that he's not sure he can actually defeat because like once yeah. he gets in there he kind of goes Oh shit! There's yeah. more to yeah, this. You than don't I land thought. on the planet and pick the crap up. You land on the planet on the outside of the labyrinth, and we say labyrinth. We don't mean like, ooh, it's a corn maze. It was, <laughs> it's also a planet maze, but it's also not a planet maze because it's again in the warp, so it's bigger than the planet and smaller than everything. It's, yeah. You don't, you have no idea. It's gigantic. So he has to uh, go through this labyrinth. He has to get through, but he has to call it, do all these trials. He has to fight. He has mm-hmm. to physically defeat. Things that might not be able to. And the, one of the stories with it is when he does this is he's fighting things that he was like, oh, shit. Can I actually do this? I This is a little bit more. But then he also has to go through all these um, mental trials. Mental trials. Yeah. And that, well, that is actually one of them. Is there they, one of the things about the physical things is to get you to self-doubt because you immediately go into mental trials right after. And they want you to be mm-hmm. at your lowest. Oh, shit. Can I now defeat the next thing? I'm doubting myself. And then, boom, you're slammed with all these mental temptations. But also, they're trying to dominate him. This is the the, the gods, I think, really thought that this we're going to give you yeah, this gift. I'm, I'm doing, him. I'm definitely yeah. doing air quotes. Yeah, we're going to give you this gift. And you're like, yeah, we're going to 100% break him. He'll have to ask for our help. We will make him our thrall during this, this process. And... He well, also I forgot to mention stubborn he, son of a also bitch. yeah I was to say yeah. his best trait is Abaddon is like I'm gonna do this thing but you could go through the door Abaddon I said I'm going through the wall yeah, but there's a door right there nope nope yeah I, I, I already committed we're doing uh, this oh, I already I forgot to mention he rolls down there solo all that stuff is oh, yeah, it's completely solo he's by himself fighting his way through. and when we say fighting our way through a labyrinth we're not talking like Dark Souls type type thing where it's just oh the next boss is harder. These are real trials where this present, I got to fight. Then I have to avoid temptation. Then I have to solve a they're, riddle. They're, they're literally this. trying to psychically dominate him at every turn. He's effectively fighting. I mean, it, it's not, he doesn't fight all four chaos gods in it, but in, in some ways he kind of does. does though. Yeah. 
But, he, but the best thing about it is, it now even when he's fighting, they're trying to psychically. He's basically battling for his soul this yeah, entire, the time. entire time. But he pulls it off. He actually gets to the middle up middle of it, and this part's a little bit dumb, but the the outcome's amazing. Um, he he sees like there's a basically basically a void in the middle. So he's already in the immaterial. There's a void in the middle of it. And it's, it's just imagine kind of like almost a, a crack in the in the universe. He goes into a black hole. It's a mini black, wait, he just puts his arm. He sees a very small black hole and goes, "I put my arm in that." And, and he just pulls and, out and then reaches around inside of a hole. And I realize some of you are laughing right now, and you should be. This is a very funny reference. But he's reaching around the hole until he feels something hard, and then pull and then out pulls. To Brad's credit, the coolest sword in all. Of it's Fortnite. awesome. Yeah, it also has a world-dominating demon inside of it. Yeah. So he pulls out that that who also was a trap, mm -hmm. because this world-dominating demon inside the sword is supposed to immediately dominate Abaddon's mind. And nope. And Abaddon's like, no, nah, I ain't going out. I, like I, that. I don't give two fucks about this thing. Um, and so I'm gonna let Brad pronounce it. Oh, it's I've ruined this since Dragon. I've been. I've been literally trying to say this word for 25 years now because I literally read Index Codex. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Codex Chaos uh, is one of my first things, and I screwed it up bad. But his sword is Drachnian. 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 Yeah. And this is his sword. And this thing. I, 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 sword I, by out. the way, please phonetically put in and or link us in the Discord or Facebook what the act because both of us know. By the way, we kind of didn't look this up specifically so we could yeah, have this is it. more fun, and I also look forward to all of you trying to spell Drachnidian. <laughs> um, because accents also matter. Uh, he, he, he spinal taps himself with his sword. Oh, yeah. He, he does turn it up to 11. He is literally... This thing, it's another one of the swords. While the sword is amazing in the game, in the lore... Is way better. Holy shit. Oh, this is one of those areas where... The lore and the game cannot overlap. If you were to write rules for Drachne. No, he's basically, he pulled out Stormbringer. You, you'd basically be going through like abandoned attacks and that thing's auto dead. Yeah, and, really, and also it killed his soul. Yeah, you didn't roll any dice. Yeah. Yeah, that just happens. That just happens. He swung it, in it, your general direction. Yeah, you I, I got close to you with this sword. You automatically lose. Like, so, but in, uh, in lore, this sword's so cool. This is a big deal too because a lot of. When, people meet him later on mm -hmm. a lot of people that have won against Abaddon didn't know that he's been juiced up yeah and then they end up having he is i mean the notes that i put here is that he's now really probably more powerful than corrupted horus um and with none of the loss of his soul so he has he's got the power of up and down. I, I, I would go back and forth on that because Abaddon waxes and wanes depending on how many gifts he re receives per, per yeah time. I just think at, the, at this stage Abaddon one on one there's nothing in the universe that's going to take him one on one oh, you're going to have so many people are going to lose yeah, their mind hell, I don't care I'm talking from a lore standpoint from a gameplay standpoint yeah I, I, the world, I saw him die to Grotz one time but, uh, uh, but that's fine what I'm saying from a lore standpoint they wrote this to be he is probably on par or a little bit above Horus in power, but that doesn't matter because his soul is not corrupted, which actually makes him more powerful. Because as powerful as Horus he has was, free will. Yeah, he had no free will. So that's actually what put Abaddon as one of the most powerful beings in the galaxy at this stage. 
from this sword. So we're going to call, I think, so long story short, first Black Crusade, A1 success. A1 success. Also, the, the Imperium about this time, because yeah. of course, as during the story, as soon as he grabs a sword, everyone finally shows up and does something about it. Yeah, they, they show up and they, they attack and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he, as Brad said earlier, they just bail out. Uh, once that Abaddon, Abaddon's they, back they, in, they forced Gump it. He goes, I'm, I'm pretty tired now. Well, he was already home. back in the warp doing this. So yeah. the rest of his forces were like, all right, I guess we're done here. And so the Imperium, just I, I, I like thinking about these things from the Imperium standpoint. This giant invading army comes out of the Eye of Terror. And I, we're going to engage. We're going to fight them. And they just retreat back into the Eye of Terror. They're also later. in the middle of beating the shit out of you. Yeah. And they just, they, they're wildly winning at this and point. And they just bail. And so now the Imperium's got a bit of a problem of like, oh, shit. Um, this part of the galaxy is kind of a big threat. We oh, should do something about they, it. They basically made this the DMZ. This, this but, is, but the but the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the demon, th this is the the capital MZ. They went. We need to make sure that these guys can't come through that. You know that the, the hole in the sky. That's a that's problem. It. And we're gonna foreshadow really quickly here too. There's a there's a system with a with a planet. Cough cough, Cadia. Right off the name Cadia. And they do we want to get into the. We'll get to it in a second. Okay. We'll, we'll get to it in a second. I mean, like, so effectively, we'll get to Katie in a second. But before we get to Katie, we should effectively point out the Imperium realizes that this is not the last time this is going to come, the Eye of Terror is going to be a problem. So why don't we just put all of our military there? And they start fortifying. I mean, it's comical. Yeah. They, they do it like anime Bugs Bunny esque, yeah. where they just go, well, why don't we just make. Everything that floats and is a rock, you just put a gun on it and yeah. aim at the Eye of Terror. I mean, we're going to do a, Brad Hunter says, we're going to do a cast in the future on the different types of worlds that exist within the, within the, the Imperium. But when your world's called a fortress world, um, your it's world, not subtle. Well, the thing is, is about a fortress world is one of the biggest things to say is your world no longer has anything else. Yeah. They strip your world for, they literally pimp your ride. Yeah. They, they, if your world had water, no, it doesn't. We don't care about the water. We don't need anything here. We're going to yeah, put guns we, and people to work. We, yeah, we need guns and we need walls. Yeah. That's, that's it. And so the, they build a fortress world. And we probably should dive into Katie here. Because Katie is going to come up. when you If you, if you talk about Abaddon, you're going to talk about Katie. Well, the thing is with Katie, do we want to immediately talk about the pylons? Well, let's get to kind of the, the history of Katie. Okay. I think it's very So. Cadia, like a lot of the key worlds in 40k, was renamed. So Cadia had a different name before. And <laughs> well, Cadia wasn't exactly. This is one of those one. Let's just talk about the Lorgar thing on yeah. the side, because literally the entirety of the Imperium's religion is written by their devil, which is Lorgar, yeah. who initiated all of the Horus Heresy. And Lorgar, if, 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 as we covered prior, got slapped by the Emperor. Yep. And, and, and when that happened, if you guys remember from our cast, or if you didn't listen to the cast, whatever. Uh, but, <laughs> you should. Yeah, but if you haven't... It's a pretty cool episode. Lorgar, right? was, Lorgar was upset and decided that he needed to go find out what the truth was. Is there a god, effectively? 
am I worshiping? What is the truth, basically? It was truth. And he ended up, after kind of a little walkabout, he ended up on a planet that spoke a similar language to his planet and had this deep worship of the chaos gods. After experiencing time on that planet, he, he, he basically gained what he called the truth. Yeah, this is this is it. He became the prophet of the chaos gods. And then the when first he prophet. left that the, planet, well, the first human prophet. Right. And when he left that planet, he wanted to keep it a secret, so he bombed it from space and wiped it out. <laughs> if you can't figure out why I'm telling you that story, it's on you. That's Katie. So that's the, that is this planet that the Imperium arrives to after the first Black Crusade and resettles it. Well, this place is super convenient. Um, and for you guard why don't we just settle it here? Cadia becomes, you know what, screwed? I'm going to give the Cadia people props. Yeah. Cadia becomes a planet of, if you're a regular human, you better be a badass. Oh, Cadia is hardcore. Like, these people are the, the grittiest of grittiest dudes yep. of all time. Because shit is always going down. Because even when there's not a crusade, stuff flies out of the broken sky and messes with you. Yeah, I mean, like... You you are the first nice house outside the bad neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> yeah, by bad neighborhood, I mean the worst neighborhood. Yeah. The challenge is that we're not done talking about Cadia history, though. Because we just did a little bit of history. Well, Cadia also has a, a 65 further. million years ago history. Yes. Which, by the way, is a big deal for Cadia because Necrons were yeah, there. Yeah, let, let's foreshadow a little bit because it's always fun. Cadia was also a key world for the Necrons against the old ones. Because Necrons just made technology that foiled the warp, mm -hmm. which is how advanced they were. Also, when we do talk about Necrons, we're going to talk about how ridiculous they are in the game and how they yeah. should be. But their technology, even though they don't utilize or access at all the warp, they just scienced up anti-warp stuff. It, this is going to be the standard part of every podcast where I go on my talk shit on GW writing um, tangent. So, according to the books, and this is the lore, all over Acadia, there are thousands of pylons, which is effectively a super tall pyramid, because it's a super tall, narrow pyramid, all over Acadia. And that's just something people are kind of cool with. Well, they didn't even bother. Yeah, they didn't bother. Now, the uh, Advent, they try to figure out what they are, but they're... I remember when I first got into Warhammer and was learning about the pylons, I thought, oh, there's like three or four of them. It's like this thing, like, <laughs> like, like, like you go to Egypt, and there's a few pyramids, but it's not all of, like you go to Cairo, there's no, there's no pyramids in Cairo. It's just there's an area where there's a few pyramids. No, they're freaking everywhere. The entire planet is covered in these giant black obsidian pylons that are hundreds of feet tall. And they also always point towards the Eye of Terror. Yeah, they all point to the Eye of Terror, and they just exist there. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I just can't get over that. And I'm sorry, but I can't. They also have them at more places than just Cadia. Yeah. Well, they're all, they're, 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 but Cadia has so many of them. Yeah. We'll kind of dive into those in a, in a moment. That, it, it is a point, good point. We have one of the good points here. Is we definitely need to say this. The Necrons have not awakened yet. Yeah, this is pre-Necron. This is way pre-Necron. Pre so they don't even know. So to their credit, they don't know what these things are for. There's these giant pylons. And there are some cool stories about, like, the Admech obviously see these and get just incredibly excited about it. 
um, and they can't do anything with it because every time you try to, you can't break them. If you try to send a server or anything, it just overloads instantly. Yeah, I was just saying, any any machinery that used against it just blew up. Yeah, it, so they are there. But I guess Kadia's position in the universe made it better. So are we going to get back to Kadia? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, that's probably going to happen. So from here, we foreshadowed it earlier. For anyone who don't know, if anyone doesn't know, there are only 13 Crusades so far. And the thing is, is one got him a sword. And also tested the testing. Yeah. Because he wanted to see, is the Imperium still a real thing? Right. To be honest with you. Because at that point, he doesn't actually know. He doesn't know if the Imperium just collapsed. He's he's been gone. You know, and again, don't forget, he's rather persona non grata from the Imperium. So peeking your head out of the Eye of Terror, you don't do that without without a fleet. He's also pretty well known. It's not like he just goes to the mall and just hangs out. He's water like, oh, hey. You know the, uh, the the Steve Buscemi meme of like, "Hello, other Imperium members." Yeah. Like, I, I uh, what what's up with the Emperor today? How is he? How is he doing? Like, <laughs> could you give me some? I don't know, maybe schematics. <laughs> yeah, anyone have a map of where Gilliman and the Lion are right now? I just kind of would like to know. Just, um, just, just wondering, just curious. <laughs> so, Crusades two through twelve um, are pretty quick. I, I, we, they're not because they, they, they're all of them have missions they want to weaken certain they, they either want to get something or they want to weaken exactly something. yeah they, they were all done with a goal a bad and again he's got one purpose i am going to reclaim the galaxy for me and my brethren i cannot do that if the imperium exists there and the ear the imperium has me outnumbered has me out equipped has me out logistics so i have to do these crusades they're not their missions to kind of pull them down piece by piece and weaken it so I can crush it. So that ends up being the purpose of this. That being said, uh, I would genuinely get bored covering all of these, uh, these 10 crusades. So we kind of picked a few that are fun. I mean, the fourth crusade is badass. That's what I'm saying. So we're just going to skip two and three. Because it's also like full on video game style. Yeah. Because the Don goes down to the Cadian gate himself. Yes. And Which is whole, and I do it, but it's made the Cavian Gate is ad made of adamantium because the Wolverine comic came out well before 40k was written. And why invent a new a, a new material when I when I have one that everyone already knows exists? Duh. Yeah. So there's a gate made of adamantium. Again, it's made of Wolverine, and he full on animes it. Oh yeah, he does. He kills it with one swing. But before. And, and, Brad's not giving this this story enough credit. The entire the Black Legion is bouncing off of this gate. True the story. The Imperial Guard above it are shooting down and giggling like, "Ha ha, you can't get in here." Monty he Python shows you know, up. Fist of the North Star. Yeah, exactly. And just don't be, actually sounds up exactly like Fist of the North Star. By the way, watch the movie; it's fantastic on it. He he basically does what happens in it. He sends his forces; they all get killed, and then he just shows up and goes. And what if I just hit this thing with my sword and splits this unsplittable gate in half? In a half. Yeah. Needless to say, um, everyone in that fortress dies. Uh, morale went down quickly. Yeah, it didn't go well. I mean, I which I laugh. I, I mean, this is a weird thing to laugh at, but these guys are sitting above the gate just kind of giggling and shooting down, like, ha, ha, ha we're picking up, like, 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 twigs, and the gate explodes. And it's like, well... 
guess we're effed. Yeah. <laughs> so those guys are probably pretty pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I call dibs on I call dibs on losing the Black Legion, not not Emperor's children. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shoot myself on the way down. <laughs> so that one's a success. The next one I like is is this, is the Seventh Crusade, also known as Go After Yourself, Blood Angels. Um, Which is funny because like sometimes, I mean, you know what I I gave them credit, and I've said that they didn't red count as much stuff as people think they red count, especially yeah. with Don. But with this one, this one got retcon. I mean, sure. he literally just goes, "Hey, look, it's Elvis," and sneaks a gigantic force out oh, of the Oh, this is hilarious! Yeah, so Abaddon, as we've said, the Imperium knows only one place Abaddon can come out of, and that is the Eye of Terror. So they've built their entire fortress around it, and somehow Abaddon's able to do the. Oh my God! Look at that! And sneak out of it, not by himself. Yeah, he does, it's not like a ship came fleet. out. Yeah, it's like ships get out of there all the time because it's a it's, it is a large area, right? But like he does not a fleet. Yeah, he comes out with a giant fleet, yeah. and then just skips past the the, uh, the defenders. Doesn't go anywhere particularly of value. Actually, he just kind of bounces all over the universe, creating conflict. Again, sometimes you have to kind of. When you're writing a timeline, you have to kind of fill bits in. So this one, the Seventh Crusade, when you first start reading it, starts off pretty lame, where it's like Abaddon snuck out of the Eye of Terror and then kind of waged a shadow war all over the place. It's again where he's testing. This time he's testing, to be honest with you, he's testing the logistics mm -hmm. because he causes problems in a bunch of areas and just kind of goes, how long is the police response time here? But then he found... Makan. Makan? Makan? Uh, yeah, when he... <laughs> this sorry, sorry, Blood Angels players, but this does not go well for you You get guys. wrecked. So he, the, the on Makan, the Black Legion bumps into the Blood Angels. And we say the Blood Angels, we're, it's not a scouting party. It's the Blood Angels, effectively. And the Black Legion wrecks them. They get Chuck Norris kicks. Now, to the Blood Angels' credit they're not ready for chaos because I don't think that a lot of these legions even knew that chaos kind of was still around. I think they thought they were defeated. Yeah. They were never coming back. It's been forever since they came out. Yeah. They're gone. I mean, a lot of Marines that were, there's not even that many that are alive. that still encounter. Well, no, that's true. But the blood angels found out pretty quick that the black legion are back. And I mean, you get, I love that we're going to piss off so many blood angels players. No, because the end of the story is actually wildly heroic. And, and let what's me, my notes say? Let me read, the, let me read the, the notes. A single character led a lightning raid to turn the tide of the battle. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, blah, blah. That's what GW does. The, the, the blades are being wrecked, but luckily one great hero led a, a lightning assault that somehow confused the enemy <laughs> enough that they just stopped punching us in the face over and over Bl again. blood angels players we will be doing a blood angels we'll do one and episode. actually don't have you're not tau i don't have actually a hatred of you but this story i was like it's just basically the blood angel the black legion was wrecking the blood angels all throughout an entire planet and one dude and 20 guys the, like attacked that black Legion went and ran away like no but that's what happened because i don't write the stories that being said the blood angels it took them centuries to get back from this. They got ruined by this. Yeah, they had to, they're recruiting World Window to, Overdrive. The, the, again, to their credit, they were kind of just there 
and going, hey, guys, the other day I was at the mall, and holy shit, are we being invaded? <laughs> What's <laughs> happening? Oh, God, it's all of them. Yeah. Yeah, how many? Yes, all of them. And any of you who listen to our podcast know that I'm probably at some point, if I'm going to pick something to talk about, it's going to be the orcs. So, you give me an opportunity to talk about orcs, I'm going to talk about orcs. This one's actually hilarious. It's the 11th Crusade, which is pure dumbassery on the part of Abaddon. Well, I think he was like, hey, what will happen if we mess with the orcs? And the answer was, shit might go bad. Well, no, that's what happened. His idea was, what if I could navigate my way through, through the warp? Instead of using a regular navigator, what if I just strap a demon into the navigator's seat? Won't that go great? It did not. It did not. He got dropped in front of a walk. Like legitimately. Yeah, like right in front of it. And holy crap did the orcs wreck his shit. They wreck his shit. Actually, they never talk about what they were actually trying to achieve in the 11th Crusade. Okay, the, 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 the 11th Crusade was he strapped a demon into the navigator. Yeah, but they chair. were supposed to be doing something that didn't happen at all. Yeah, I can promise you no, this I'm one saying, did if, not. If you're looking at ranking uh, good... Yeah. Like in, in order of like how well they they the Crusades did, the eleventh is last. Yeah, it's last. Why orcs? Yeah. You're also, like, but to be fair, if you want, if you drop your fleet in front of a wog, it's there's not a lot of situations where that's if you correct. drop it in front of a wog that you didn't know existed, it's yeah, also it's like, not the greatest. Fair enough. And so yeah, long story short, the eleventh crusade, orcs are better. <laughs> I just did Wog Tactics interview last night, by the way, for everybody. Team Black Crusade. This is the the current right, timeline. So let's get yeah, let's let's jump in. Well, now, actually, it's not even the current timeline. It's the it's past. So this is I actually had to look this up. So for this is going to be a tough one. So when we get into Thirteenth Black Crusade, one of the biggest challenges is that we're at right around forty minutes into this podcast, um, and we can't spend the next four hours or no forget four 50 some hours talking about the black crusade should happen so the black crusade in the game is the culmination of all of the crusades Wait, but the, but the 13th black crusade in the game was a little less than five years that's a, that's about the from its very early start to you know it, its culmination it was right about it, five years yeah i remember in the, this game timeline of real to our time it was 17 yeah. Yes. So this is the 13th Black Crusade. And I have notes here because what's going to, the reason I'm, I'm doing this little side note here for everybody is that we, we're going to have to skip a lot of stuff here because, just because. We're going to focus on Abaddon it was from in the 13th. It was literally 3rd edition to 8th yes. edition. Yeah. No, slash 9th edition. Yeah. This was, so the 13th Black Crusade, for those who, oh, sorry, yeah, 13th Black Crusade, for those who understand, in, during, quote, quote, in quotes, we got the Drukari, the Necrons, the Tau, Admech, uh, Thousand Sons, Death Guard, World Eaters. These are codexes that were launched. Blood Angels, Death Watch, Dark Angels a couple different times. Black Templars, Grey Knights, and Knights. All were released during the 13th black and also crusade. have stories yeah. that involved the 13th yeah. black crusade Some of these guys got multiple codexes in yeah. this period of time so for those of you who are like oh the color 13th black crusade we could make a podcast on the 13th, the 13th black, black crusade, crusade and do years <laughs> uh, 
So for anyone who's like, hey, you skipped something, we know. But what we decide to focus on here is the Abaddon story. Like kind of primarily. what, yeah, like just what he did, not, not everything that's happening. Yeah. So it's a big deal. He wants to, I mean, one we already talked about, he needs to kick out the emperor. Because no emperor means no astronomicon, which means no travel yes. for the Imperium. And he needs to effectively start isolating and picking apart flanks of the Imperium. Right. And the best way to do that, I mean, you can always break the sky. Let's just break the sky. I think the note I made here, I made here is Katie must stand. Oh, I did I skip that? My oh, bad. Yeah. Well, hold so Abaddon hasn't been like super, he's been decently successful, but he's still, Katia is a thorn in his side. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, Abaddon shows up with, hey, man, why don't we just make our ships bigger? Like, how much bigger? How about, like, we, like, make planets seem small? Well, and more importantly, how about I invade with everything in the Eye of Terror? Yeah, the whole Everything. Th yeah, but also, Every again, region. he came out with, ships with guns that just were supposed to blow up planets yeah the, the, when the, blackstone fortresses are the small things that you're bringing yeah it's mm -hmm. this was an invasion of invasions some cool piece about this when we say he brought everybody he literally brought everybody he got he killed all of angron's champions got all of Angron's. well he does he does a bunch of pre-quests yeah he, he, he kills all of angron's champions he gives um or anything, I'm in darkness. I should probably read the notes. Uh, he does a bunch of weird shit with uh, Fulgrim. Uh, yeah, and I couldn't. The, the Zinch stories are just confusing. They're supposed to be. The, the Zinch stories uh, are time travel stories. Unfortunately. Yeah, it, it, they're a little bit weird, but he does. He he, he goes back and forth, and he 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 legitimately does. It's it's. I mean, it's not considered time travel. What it is because it's warp time. Yeah, and so this is where like so he gets. For those people who played during this edition, this is why you were able to actually align random forces. It had some downsides in the later part of the edition of Taunar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, of Taunar, sorry, of Taunar. But what you were able to do was, the idea here at this point was that Chaos was a truly unified force. You were having, you know, uh, noise marines were fighting next to plague marines, next to legionnaires. This was... This was a true fighting force. He came out. The goal here that he had was to break Cadia. And he crushes yeah. Cadia. We should probably jump now from our earlier foreshadow to foreshadow part two of the Cadian pilot. Well, it's, really well he, Necron, wait, Necron, Abaddon basically gets one of the Zeech gifts he gets is knowledge. Mm -hmm. And he finds out what these pylons are are what they're made of what their actual true purpose is which is effectively to keep chaos out keep the warp out of the immaterium yeah and I, the, the, the story i was reading about to kind of i mean actually, the inference i made on the story here is that every time abaddon came out of the eye of terror with his forces he always bounced when he hit cadia and the reason he bounced is because Cadia was immune to the warp. All of his powers just would dissipate. So he became much more one-on-one -on -one there. And with the Imperial defenses, 
Okay, it's an Imperial Fortress world. It's probably designed by Rogaldor. This is not something you're going to break easily. Now imagine you go in there at 100% power and you land at 50% power. It's just going to wreck you. Yeah. And so these pylons did that. No one knew this. These were just, even the, the Imperium were just like, this is we're just super lucky. This, this is, place legit, is awesome. This is his Zinch gift. He gets yeah. the knowledge of what the hell this is. So now and one he, of the quests was he went and got Black Stone. And what happens is Cadmius, not only is it making them bounce when they attack, but the Eye of Terror, as we discussed, this comes from the birth of Slanesh. Slanesh, this is the creation of a Chaos God. This is the ultimate kind of merging of the material and the immaterium. Function, if you guys go, go Google a map of this era, it's not that big. And the reason why is Cadmius. Katie, these the the, the they, this thing could have would should have been should have been growing the entire time yeah, was held in check by Katie, and Abaddon knows that and decides it's a lot easier to invade a galaxy if I have more than one way in. How about how about I destroy it? Yeah, let's I, just remove it. And so the note I I had here is Abaddon decided to use option B for this place, and the B stands for Blackstone Fortress, and these are. The weirdest combo of tech and warp because Blackstone is yep. suppresses warp, but somehow he has it cybernetically. And the ships are, note I made here this is I tell everyone just Google this because I can't describe it. The ships are actually super cool looking. The visuals of the ships are amazing. Yeah, they're and, giant wacky space stations. Yeah, there. they look super cool. Google it. I don't want to spend twenty minutes trying to explain something where you can. But they do it. look. Blackstone Fortresses are awesome. Yeah, they're super cool. Also, Eldred had to be retcon. Yeah, <laughs> good game too. But we'll get to that in another cast. Um, so yes, it's also a, the best. If you're gonna buy a box and you get one for the old boxes on uh, eBay, the Blackstone uh, Black Reach. Oh, box. Yeah, the Black Reach was great. It was fantastic. So much stuff for the price. Mm -hmm. So the, the final story of Blackstone Fortresses are everyone's aware of them. The Imperium finds them all the time. And they just turn them into space stations. They just don't really know what they are, though. Yeah. They don't know the significance. They're, they're literally, it's like if you literally went, hey, I found a nuclear missile. I put some wheels on it and I put an engine and I just drive it around because I don't know describe what it is. Or mega that's true. I think that's literally what Ornork would do. Like, this is my new ride. Yeah. Um, what happens if you crash it? I won't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, th th this is my, fa I was waiting to this part because this yeah. is probably my favorite part of the notes. Abaddon wanted them for himself. He tracked down six of them. Eldar felt differently. <laughs> yeah. As, as much as the Imperium might not know what Blackstone Fortresses are, the Eldar very Dude. much so knew what these things were. Yeah, the and guys that literally fought a race ending war with, yeah. with them with them yeah because yeah. blackstone fortresses really are they're made, they're made by the old ones these were these were a they were the i don't they never make it clear but i my impression is that these were spaceships the old ones used during the war in heaven yeah and they're i'm saying there's such a paradox though because they're made of a non-warp metal yeah but they're controlled by psychic powers. Yeah, but, yeah, but they, they don't diminish the warp at all. Which right. Is why it's weird because Blackstone should go one where it's, it's. That's what I'm saying. It's it it suppresses it, but it doesn't suppress it at all. I'm really terrified some of the GW is going to discover on the podcast and just find that I just shit talk everything. I'm and, I'm, <laughs> I, and all of a sudden, I, I'll keep I'll sign up for events in BCP and just not be invited anymore. <laughs> but it's a shit writing, guys. Um. Anyway, 
he does eventually pull off two of them. One of them becomes his flagship. He names it the Will of Eternity. And he does legend. By the way, read these stories. Oh, this is the beauty of having 17 years of the game devoted to it. The writing's fantastic. And we just, the books are good. Just the Codex stories are incredible. Codex stories are amazing. Uh, the Blackstone Forge. There's actually a lot of videos on this, too. People do a lot of, they mm -hmm. take a lot of the artwork and do it. Uh, you can just YouTube it. I mean, it, it, don't don't leave us yet. But Yeah. But, is, <laughs> but it's pretty yeah, damn awesome. And this is just the kind of, while this is all going on, because 17 years of the game, the orcs are sensing something. So they're getting uppity. This is the first time the cow break into the, the system. The cow, well, they've got, yeah. they start, they, they do their phase four. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know why I said that to you. Who cares? But the Tau basically start their, <laughs> their last big push. So you've got, and you've got two sections of Tau. Now you've got the Farsight Enclaves, mm -hmm. and then you've got uh, Shadow Sun and the rest of the Tau doing their next push. Uh, Drakari start just getting just, rowdy. Yeah, blaring out of the way. The, the Drakari are just taking advantage of the fact that people are not paying attention. They're like, well, we can fight as unfair as we usually fight, but yeah, even we better. Sure, grab lots of people. The two big ones, though, are... They're, they're not two big ones. They're huge ones. This, yeah, you're right. These are kind of game-changing ones, are the Necrons. Really. The Necrons start rising and start reclaiming entire sectums of the galaxy. Like, hey, this is our shit. Give it back. And also, a lot of these worlds, oh, yeah, the Necrons are buried deep within the core of the worlds and just pop up, and you're just standing there at your job going... Well, this is pretty awful. Yeah, there's there's a monolith coming out of the ground, and these robots are coming out. Oh, I wrote that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, the other one is now the Tyranid timeline's always a little bit tricky because it's been retconned. I think several times. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally, but, I could be wrong. I think the Tyranid time has been retconned more than any. This is. Game. I think that you're really pushing into the Leviathan almost right now. It's. We're, we're before this, I guess. No, it's just, this is be pre-Leviathan. Because they're going to get the first, the, they're going to be hit because they accelerate after yeah. Abaddon. Because this, the Leviathan's actually coming towards the Souls sector. Right, that's where they're going. So they're coming from the bottom. But there's two big waves of Tyranid uh, invasions. Yes. Uh, and then you've got this, the, I guess you could call it the third, which is the Kronos, which is the one that just becomes anti-war. Exactly. So effectively... Hey, this is this is this actually is good writing. GW over period of time wrote the galaxy on fire. Okay. Oh, the galaxy is a trash fire. It is, it is a nightmare. You are there is nothing you, but conflict. Yeah, if you were Imperium, you just got two end bosses showed up at the same time, and the ultimate uh optional boss, which is chaos, yeah. which is you have to do after you complete the game once, this is when you fight it. Uh they're just decided to make their big push. And oh, oh yeah, you still have orcs and Tau and Jakari, and Craftworld are still the enemy to the Imperium, even yeah. though they're trying to fight Chaos. Yeah, there's a weird part of the story where they align, and I'm going to cover that. So we'll get then to what actually happens, and kind of this is this is the final assault. This is what's going to bring us from where we were to the modern era of 40k, and this is Abaddon. We're going for it. I am coming out of the Eye of Terra. The Imperium knew he was coming. They're actually, the, the, all the stories do show Typhus was doing his thing. There's enough stuff coming out of the well, th Terror. This is where we yeah. go, if you want to be, because I said at the beginning, 
Mortari or the uh, grandfather Nurgle was at his lowest at the beginning. We were talking about grandfather Nurgle is at his most powerful right now because they have the plague that's ravaging yeah, huge areas of the galaxy. Just, yep. yeah. And it is wrecking shit. And so they know they're supposed to be geared up. This is one of those things where you think you're ready and then you just realize you're woefully unprepared because they think that they're getting the crusades and the fights they've gotten before. But this is Abaddon's end game. So he shows up with everyone, like literally everyone. And they are. I mean, and this is, again, we have to. It's so hard to cover all this. Night Lords are, are, are running rampant. I, I love that you put Night Lords were Night Lording, which they means were, that they're just causing shit. You're just, just creating havoc. There are plagues everywhere. And they also sent the, the forces of Nurgle are actually by themselves. Yeah, they're elsewhere in the galaxy yeah. creating problems to, 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 to draw forces right. there. You've also, as we said, the Xenos are rising. So if you're in the Imperium, you're losing sectors to Necrons who, again, aren't invading. They're coming up out of the actual planet, so you can't even stop them coming in. Yeah, they're just there. Yeah. I believe Ball has the ball burned well before this point, but the Tyranid, the Tyranid invasion is very apparent. Well, the, Tyran the Tyranids are ramping it up because yeah. the Tyranids have been fought back several times now, but the Tyranids are now basically doing what Tyranids do, which is adapting and coming back much stronger. Yeah. And so Abaddon comes out. And this is the moment. He is there, and he. And this is it. Kadia is going to fall. Kadia doesn't fall. Kadia gets ruined. Now, one person, we can't talk about the fall of Kadia without talking about... And I didn't realize, I'll be honest, I knew his full name was Lord Castellan Ursacar E. Creed. By the way, if you're going to name someone, why have the random initial amongst four other words? I mean, Lord Castellan is a title. So. I know, but Ursacar E. Creed, just Edward. We know you're British. We know his name's Edward. Like, <laughs> it's you know, it's Eunice. It's not Eunice. It's Edward. It's got to be Edward. They're British. Creed's a badass, by Creed's the way. Creed's amazing. And, like, Creed is, for those of you who don't play Imperial Guard, when they finally killed off Creed, spoiler alert, um, it actually really upset a lot of guard players because he was such an amazing character. And he's been there since the beginning. Yeah. And Creed's cool. Just a, look, I'm going to quick hit Creed. Creed is a, he was a lowborn who was, a, who was found after one of the chaos invasions of Katie. He was born on Katia, who rises through the ranks by just being the best fighter in all of the Astro Militons. He's also just like wildly the guy that like, sh that, ends up being the guy that's alive after everybody dies yeah several times he and, and he's incredible because he is he's not only is he an incredibly tough soldier he's a master tactician love doing traps all this stuff there's no one better to be in charge of cadia than creed and creed does push back abaddon's forces quite a few times you're gonna get people they're gonna say solar macarius is gonna show up and slap you it's fine it's creed's cool However, uh, Abaddon... Fuck, this is my least favorite part of your notes. Oh, but it's true. It, this is what he did. Oh, I, oh, that's why. Sorry. I forgot why Brad's upset. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting a part of my notes, that, and I know why Brad's upset. So Abaddon comes out with his Blackstone Fortress and all of his forces. And he's going to go... His plan is to basically take all the Blackstone Fortress's guns and just blow up Katie. Also, the Blackstone Fortress, again, are like... They went... The Death Star 
cool. We're going to mount that gun as one of our guns. Yeah. However, and Brad, what did my notes say? Boo. <laughs> my buddies, the Imperial Fists, had other ideas. They did. There's another super, super spaceship in the galaxy called the Phalanx. I mean, I have to admit the Phalanx is bad. <laughs> Phalanx is super. <laughs> the Phalanx is, for, as we've discussed prior, there was an era called the Dark Age of Technology, which is all forbidden knowledge and everything should be burned. Unless you find the largest starship in the galaxy. It's wildly the biggest thing. I mean, this thing, my description of it is, it's bigger than a Death Star, but it's built like a Gothic cathedral. Yep. And it has, oh, it's got some guns on it. It also looks cool as shit. It looks cool as shit. And again, Google it. It's called the Phalanx. Just type in P-H-A-L-A-N-X, 40K. You'll see some Let's say, you definitely put 40K. Or you're going to be looking at a lot of Greek formations. Yeah, otherwise, yeah. Why, is, why are they telling me to look at guys holding spears? <laughs> no, different Phalanx. Now, to make Brad happy again. Yay! Yeah, the way this works is Blackstone Fortress comes out, and who decides to go in? YOLO Swaggins, Space Wolves go, what would be the best way to handle this? Punch people inside the Blackstone yeah, Fortress. Let's go into the Blackstone Fortress and turn its shields off. Yeah, like, what's our plan to get out? That's a stupid question. Just shut up. Punch everyone. <laughs> shut up, nerd. We're, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> what are you, a dork? <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this. And they do. They actually fight their way through the Blackstone Fortress to, I guess, the big on-off switch in the middle of it. I mean, whatever. Obi Wan did it. I know. Whatever. I was you just want to like, say, there's like, definitely no handrails. Yeah, there's definitely no handrails. <laughs> OSHA's so bummed about all these ships. <laughs> exactly. They turn off the shields. As soon as they turn off the shields, the phalanx just goes with the appearance. I'm ripping this thing to shreds, and Abaddon's ship just takes a beating. This is also an epic. We're not doing this justice. There is shit going down yeah, right now. This like, is. I mean, to be fair, this is the this is the culmination of everything. It's more and it is maybe the most important battle of the 40k history. Besides the the assault on Terra, this is this is the. I mean, this is a huge battle. I mean, the difference is the assault on Terra. There's a lot more involved here. I mean, the different the difference between the two of them is at this moment, almost the entire galaxy is involved in this one battle. I, I think that there's more. There are Necrons on Cadia trying saying... to activate the pylons. I am giving. I'm basically, you guys read the books. I'm not doing, I'm not going this deep into this. There's, there's just so much happening right now. Yeah, Yeah, there's Eldar here. Yeah, the Eldar are fighting next to man. Drad's right here right now. Necrons are on the planet with the Imperium trying to activate the pylons. Stop the thing. It is, you are on ticking, ticking bomb. The the clock is running down quick and everyone's trying to save the day. It's a really cool story. But from a Batman's perspective, he's on his big, big ship. His shields get turned off by Team Jackass. You know, go Team Wolves. Team Jackass. Yes. Go Wolves. And then the biggest starship anyone's ever seen just blasting holes in his favorite ship. And But again, Abaddon doesn't lose. He has a plan. And my plan is to destroy Cadia. If you, if you mess with my plan A... My plan B, which was Blackstone Fortress, now becomes plan it's B. It's going to go big or go home. I am going to shove my Blackstone Fortress into Cadia. At, at a fairly brisk rate of speed. Yes. He accelerates to warp speed. You know, <laughs> He definitely goes plaid. Yeah. And launches himself 
into Cadia, which breaks the planet. And what, what what's on the planet? Well, what was on the planet? True story. <laughs> Pylons. Stance. Also, other and the best part about this is, and this is why I think he starts winning the day. Mm-hmm. He was going to win the day anyways. He had such a huge force. But I don't think that the rest, and no one else knows the significance, besides the Necrons, yeah. of the pile. Well, I, I keep having to backtrack this. Eldrad, the Necrons. Eldrad, do. It depends which book you read at which time, when it was True story. Blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, no one understands how important Cadia was. And, and I these, would say 99.99999% right. of the galaxy just is like, oh, it's just a convenience. Because once right. these pylons are gone, it is go time yeah. for the Eye of Terror. It, it, yeah. Because the Eye of Terror goes, I'd like to be way bigger. This would be awesome. We call it the Eye of Terror because it was kind of shaped like an eye. It was. Yeah. It was. A, it was. A, it was a like rift. Some, yes, somewhat oblong circle, and one side of the galaxy that over the coming months stretches completely. Oh, it blows it across the galaxy. It, it, it literally cuts the galaxy in half. It is a. It is now a huge eye. Yeah. But it becomes a long. It's a big eye and straight. Google it, and it stretches all the way across the galaxy, splitting it in half. And this is really critical for one simple reason. Abaddon is waging his wars out of the world. And now he went from a small place. Well, he's literally going from a door to an infinite amount of places he could come. He can show up anywhere now, basically. Which... There are no so now there's no imperial fortress holding him at bay. No, he he can show up and he has literally. You go, hey, where's he going to start his attack? You go uh, from one side of the galaxy to the other because that's how big the rift is. It goes, cuts it in half. It's such a big deal. And so from there, this was the point we decided we were going to kind of cut the story, which takes us right to. Is this the start of 8th edition? The start of 8th edition. Yeah, this is edition. where we start doing uh, arcs and everything else. Yeah, and so we get you know, Primaris, Space Marines, which people are going to be taking this out of it. We can say that word. Um, but this is where, this takes us to what I call almost the modern version of 40K. Mostly because it was 17 years of the game. Um, this is the first, this is actually, for people that are liking the, that are big in the lore, mm-hmm. myself included, obviously, this is very exciting because this is the first time in almost 20 years that we moved the storyline forward. Yeah, we actually should point out this all happened in the year 409999. Yep. We are now technically playing Warhammer 41K. Yep. The new edition has moved us through, but we're not renaming it because that's just dumb. And the thing about this, this is just exciting because we finally pushed the storyline forward. And to give GW props, they're doing a great job of moving the storyline. Yeah, they're, they're, they're actually doing it much more aggressively now and yep. we're getting places. We're not just stuck in the endless thing. So just to, so to kind of recap the last three episodes, we started with Abaddon was born just a son of a warlord. In a shitty planet. In a shitty planet. Rose up to the ranks of the most powerful, right? Yeah, it was the most powerful legion mm-hmm. in, in the Imperium. Is at the right hand as that legion and a bunch of those turn chaos lose loses his way completely like his will his will to live not even it's not even his will to live it's his direction he of just life. No purpose in life he's me he has no rudder 
then in our second cast, we just covered how he then refound himself, reinvigorated himself, and created a new legion out of it. He, that's when he became Abaddon. Yeah, and now we're showing how what he then how he shaped the universe was from here. At this point, it was his universe that shaped, and he did. He shaped the universe. Ooh, and broke it in half. So, hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope it was easy enough to follow. Um, after some, it's been kind of, a, I will call it, a little, it's not dark, dark, but a little bit dark. We're going to have fun the next one. Uh, we're going to do Rogue Traders because Brett and I have been discussing, we, wanted, we don't want to just be telling you guys stories because you can just buy a book and read a damn book. Um, Rogue Traders are going to be fun. I, this is, I'm yeah, looking forward to this episode quite a bit. We're going to do, we're going to, do a bit more kind of quick. Hey, hey, we're also gonna, we're also going to argue a bunch. I was looking at these notes. Oh, yeah. I was last night where I was getting ready for this, and I went, I don't believe in that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have fun with it. So again, uh, new websites up, the 40klorecast.com. We're going to be adding more stuff to it. As always, please like and subscribe to this, on, especially on Spotify and iTunes. It does help us quite a bit. We now we have a Discord, which is you know, gaining a bit more traction, more people are interacting there. You're going to see us putting some more stuff up there in the, in the coming future. And for those of you who love my incredible ability to audio edit, we have actually added a, a Patreon. We do want to upgrade from our current system of two microphones I bought on Amazon and in my basement um, to something that maybe has audio editing capabilities. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Two dope brothers and a microphone is what I like. Yeah, yeah it's... So anyway, we have those things up. All the links are in the show notes, but please come through. The most important piece is the interaction. We do want you guys interacting with us. The Discord seems to be the most most popular of these. It, it really it does help a lot if you, for a future, because we're planning a lot of the future based on a lot of everybody asking us things, to be honest yeah. with you. With all that, this is John Barsati and Brad Chester. This guy. Thanks for listening. See you next week.